Top Story takes a look at the terminals of Yellow and how they fared during auction last week. Our finance editor, Todd Maiden, is here to join us with the details. Todd, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Anthony. Caleb? So, Todd, we saw that auction conclude last week and we got the release of the information as of yesterday. Saw some pretty big winners. XPO coming out with the both largest bid and the most amount of terminals purchased. Talk to us a little bit about who got what. Sure. Yeah, so the, the first wave uh, of the auction process, so Yellowhead was operating more than 300 terminals when it closed, uh, 170 which, uh, of which it owned. Um, so the first 130 of those terminals <clears throat> were awarded through auction uh, that started last week, concluded on, on Monday. Uh, went for nearly the, the, those awards, those commitments are about a, a billion nine. Uh, and XPO, you're right, came out, uh, you know, with, with the most allocations, $870 million across 28 terminals, uh, really big, uh, you know, thrust forward for them, kind of, they've had this growth strategy for a while to add uh, terminals and doors to the network, but this will add about 2,900 doors to uh, their existing network of under 17,000. So you have this, you know, mid-teens uh, capacity increase uh, when in the past they had hoped like their multi-year plan was to add 900 doors net over a, a couple year period. So they were certainly big in the, in the process. Estes, uh, which had recall the, the stalking horse bid of a, more than a billion and a half for all of the properties, they'll end up walking with, it looks like 24 so far valued at uh, 250 million. And then Sia was also active as well with a, a big allocation from the process. And Todd, when looking at this, how much is left over? Is there anything left to bid on? And what does this go towards what was owed for yellow? Sure. Uh, you know, the, you're right. The process isn't done. Um, there's still, yellow has 46 owned terminals as well as some lease facilities uh, where you'll have some bidders that'll come in and assume those leases. Uh, so, you know, it looks like there are about 3,200 doors left in the network that will be sold through auction. Uh, you know, the, that, there's no time frame on when that's going to happen, um, but that could be, you know, so you had a billion nine in the, the first wave. The next wave could still be a couple hundred million. I guess the assumption, the first wave, it looked like about 200 and close to 270,000 per door uh, where it was the ask price or, or the, the, the way the, board, the bids were awarded. So the, the valuation on those properties, about 270,000 per door. You have to think that it's gonna be probably much less since those properties haven't gone yet. You have to question, some are in key prime large markets where there's a ton of freight throughput, but you have to question the condition of them. And then is, there, is that market already saturated? So you know, you're, you're probably not gonna get that door rate uh, on your next round of bids, but there's still probably a couple hundred million left. And then you also have uh, the liquidation of their, you know, it's 12,000 tractors, 35,000 uh, trailers. That's going to net a couple hundred million. So in total, you're going to be well north of two and a half billion. And then you're looking at secured debt was over 1.2 billion. You had debtor in possession financing of over 200 million. Then you have some unsecured creditor claims. You don't know how those are going to shake out yet, but it looks like so far a pretty tidy unwind and in most of the claimants uh, or many will be will be repaid. 
think it's a pretty smooth end to what was that very, very rocky end to the summer for Yellow itself. So a lot of these uh, LTL companies who have now purchased these terminals and these dock spaces and these stores have now come out and released some of their kind of mid-fourth quarter reports, thinking about ArcBest and um, Ultiminion. They're in our headlines today. But it begs the question, is there enough LTL freight out there right now to make these purchases make sense? Or are a lot of these companies maybe kind of betting on the LTL market to kind of turn around in 2024 to make the investment in the yellow properties kind of worthwhile? Right. Good point. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the yellow's unwind or shutdown came at a time when the rest of the industry could absorb, you know, they, they had the excess capacity and that, you know, eight, nine percent, whatever it was at the end, market share could be redistributed across the, the industry. Uh, so if this had happened in 21, it would have probably been you know a little bit more chaotic, but this is you know a very manageable unwind for the industry. Um, and you're right, it's a it's capacity that <clears throat> was active, is no longer active, and will be you know reopened over the quarters to come. I don't expect it to all you know, be up and operational in Q1. Much of it will, um, but it, it could take into 2025 for that to happen. And then I guess the bigger thing is it's where that capacity ended up. These terminals are now in the hands of, you know, th the top three, so XPO, uh, Estes, and SIA, uh, the top three bidders are taking, you know, a little bit more than $1.4 in real estate. So the, the lion's share of the uh, the yellow portfolio, and th they're some of the most disciplined operators in the space. So, uh, you know, best margins, you know, best service, et cetera. So I think what, <clears throat> what you'll see is that price discipline that most of the industry had that yellow really didn't have because it, it lacked on the service end and it, it couldn't charge premium rates as other carriers have. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, the thought is those terminals are now in the hand of, of, of better operators, better service providers that garner higher pricing. And there isn't going to be, even though we're, to your point, you know, 13 months now into this soft industrial environment, uh, and, you know, the manufacturing sector accounts for two-thirds of LTL freight. So uh, you're, you're right. I mean, there is this capacity that's going to be relaunched, but, you know, is it in the hands of better you know, I guess more disciplined operators that will kind of keep, uh, you know, the pricing uh, level status quo and, you know, margins, et cetera. So I, I, I think it's maybe a little bit more rational market, even though this capacity comes back online. And Todd, keeping on some of those same talking points, do you have any early expectations for what some of the LTL earnings might look like overall or what some of the expectations are in the fourth quarter? Yeah, so you're right. I mean, we, we got uh, you know, SIA, XPO, ArcBest, OD all gave us this week, uh, you know, mid-quarter updates through October, November. And the, I mean, the, the numbers are mixed. I mean, SIA, which was the, the biggest winner from Yellow Shutdown, it was the most aggressive. Their shipments are up 18% year over year. Um, tonnage, you know, the, the, these shipment weights are lighter in part uh, because of the freight mix and because a lot of the freight came from yellow, but then also because you, you just do have this soft industrial patch uh, and and those shippers, you know, when you don't have that industrial freight, it, you're, you skew a little more retail, which are lighter shipments in general. And then some of your industrial customers are also, you know, their shipment counts haven't gone down, but what they're actually shipping per shipment might be less. 
Um, so the lighter shipment weights has, has led to uh, you know, lower tonnage numbers. But but SIA certainly you know leading the category there uh, as far as as volume. You have to question the mix a little bit and what those margins will look like because of the lighter shipments. Um, you know, XBO shipments were up mid single digits. Uh, tonnage was slightly lower, negative in November. Uh, and I think you know when you look at Arcbest, Old Dominion, a little bit different story there. Their tonnage. Uh, came in negative, and then it's on top of negative comps from a year ago. The, the market rolled over at the end of last summer, and those year-over-year declines accelerated through year-end. So to put up these negative comps uh, in, a, in, a, in an environment where you, you, know, you were negative the prior year and you're still negative now doesn't bode well. But the one thing, I think if you kind of work through OD's numbers and you saw the yields that they have, which are still uh, mid-single digit to high-single digit, you, you know that where they are with consensus, I think it's around 290. I mean, it, it looks like they're probably going to be able to hit that number uh, through higher yields and cost management. So, I, and I think the two latter, Arcbest, OD, you know, really playing that long game of of you know terminal additions, not not, not jumping full full force in, but uh, you know. Numbers so far appeared, you know, the, the mid-quarter updates weren't great, but numbers appear okay at this point. And of course, we'll get the full picture once the calendar turns and we get both Q4 and full year earnings from those guys. Todd, thank you for joining us this morning. Great to talk to you as always, and we'll hear from you soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Right now, we're going to go over to the Wallfire first carry update of the morning.